Warning, this podcast may contain adult themes and inappropriate language not suitable for the kids. You've been warned. Did you know that the world record for one person talking on their own is 124 hours? EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long and Chris Bowen EFTM I only did the fact because I don't want your friggin' emails your tweets, your messages saying, oh but we really wanted the fact I mean he makes most of them up, okay like they're definitely fucking made up uh, the obvious reason for that was because I'm here on my own. It's just me, and I won't be talking for 124 hours. In fact, I find podcasts with just one person talking non-stop to themselves utterly horrible, like utterly horrible. Uh, so I will not be putting you through that. There are some things I want to talk through, though, um, and uh, an update you on, uh, some very crazy things that have happened this week, and... I sat down with the CEO of KO last week, uh, and we had a good chat about the year in KO, so I thought, well, you know what, I'll throw that in here as well. So that is the plan for um, this episode of the EFTM podcast. Um, I think one of the main reasons I wanted to record a show, not because you were tweeting and saying, where's the show, but the last episode, (laughs) the title of the episode we made was, Will There Be a Tomorrow?, so I really didn't want to leave you hanging thinking it had all turned to shit and there was in fact no tomorrow. In fact, there is a very solid, strong tomorrow, so don't anyone don't anyone worry. It is all good. But the Bodog is taking some time off. He's relaxing at home, spending some time with his family and just generally not having to put up with me every single day. Uh, and he's deserved and earned that time. But he's still, don't worry, he'll still be rorting cars every week. Uh, and reviewing those each and every week. But uh, I think it would be ridiculous to expect me to be able to punch out an EFTM podcast on my own because, well, it just wouldn't make any sense to you, really, would it? Um, I might get John Boy in over the next couple of weeks and we might do one or two before CES, but uh, really it is um, early December. It is crazy, crazy prep time for me winding out the year. There's a lot of, um, I guess, preparation required around you know, the, the December period's a bit low in terms of um, news cycle, so lots of cool ideas for segments on TV and stuff, but also just getting ready for CES. We are pumped, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. You know, I think I can, well, I could probably announce, because I don't think you'd know, the dear listener, because you're not in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> um, Jolly's back, ladies and gentlemen. Jolly's back. Um, I might have already mentioned that. I don't know. But myself, the Stig, John Boy, Flipsy, He'll be opening his kitchen again, and Jolly are back, ready for CES. We leave on the 2nd of January. We'll have uh, vlogs on the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. Um, so that is the plan with regards to CES. I'm quite looking forward to it, to be honest. Um, there's no honest expectation of any exciting particular things, but um, I, I think it's just a great fun event, and um, it's a kind of low, relaxing time of year, so hopefully you get some excitement out of the uh, crazy silly things we find as well so that's where we're at winding out the year um you'll still see plenty of uh, content up on eftm.com and the facebook page and everywhere but yeah just kind of winding out what's what's priorities and what's important for us right now 
um, because you know time is valuable. We can't um, we can't do everything. We can't get it all done. So yes, bear with us here at EFTM. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. So I have three things that I will diatribe about before I um, bring you my conversation with Julian Ogrin. Um, uh, firstly, um, and if you're listening to this, if I get it up early afternoon on what is Wednesday here, I think the 4th of December. Uh, if you're listening uh, early, it might not be up yet, but later this afternoon on the Facebook page, EFTM Online, so just go to facebook.com, search EFTM. If you're not there already, what the hell are you doing? Uh, how could you be a podcast listener and not be a Facebook liker? Very weird. But anyway, uh, later this afternoon, I'll put up our, our December competition. This one's a cracker. I love it. Um, so we're doing better with Belkin again because we love the people at Belkin and they're good supporters of, uh, of what we do. Um, so what it's going to be is shaming a mate. So, you know, Belkin make uh, charging cables for your phones, for your devices. They make wireless chargers. They make car chargers. They make all those portable batteries, those kind of things. So what I'm calling for is for people to shame their mate who doesn't, or frankly, who could be better with Belkin. So if you've got a mate with a frayed, you know those uh, iPhone cables or Samsung cables that, are, that have been bent for so much they're actually fraying near the end. Um, one of those really old ones that's, that's basically tacky and falling apart. It's frankly dangerous. So if you've got a mate with a frayed cable, if you've got a mate who's got like a latest Samsung or iPhone or Huawei that's wireless charging cable and they don't have a wireless charger at home, shame them and tell us why. Uh, and so what the plan is, uh, in a couple of weeks, I think on the 16th, I'm going to pick 10 winners and both the nominee and the nominor, what is it called, nominator. <laughs> so the person that tags the person and the person tagged both get a uh, prize pack of Belkin goodies like a charging cable, wireless charger for home, wireless charger for the desk, uh, maybe a car charger, about $300 worth of Belkin goodies to charge your phone. So uh, that one is up, uh, will be up today on the Facebook page. So check that out and uh, get involved, share it around, tag a mate, all that kind of stuff. It'll be a bunch of fun and I look forward to a bit of um, bit of uh, shaming. Uh, nothing wrong with shaming a mate, is there? I don't think so. This is EFTM, everything for the man. Have you ever driven from Melbourne to Sydney? It's a bloody long way. So uh, for those that follow me on uh, Instagram, you'll be partly aware of this story already. So I went to, uh, I mean, a behind-the-curtain-style conversation with myself. Um, I was invited to Melbourne to drive the new uh, Mercedes EQC. You remember, this is their fully electric car. Uh, it was launched uh, 18 months ago in Sweden. We were there. Uh, unbelievable. Very exciting. But finally, it's in Australia. Finally, we get to drive it. So the idea was to go down on Monday, drive it for a bit, stay overnight, fl- drive it again on Tuesday, come home. Problem is, I had the Today Show on Monday and Tuesday. So I said, I can't do it. I'm sorry, guys. And they, they very, very generously said, listen, why don't you just come down to the afternoon? Just drive it. Just We, we just want you to drive it. So I mean, absolutely, let's do it. So I flew down at, uh, had, a, had a, I think, an 11 o'clock flight. I got to the airport early. It was very windy in Sydney. Flights were being delayed. I said, just put me on an earlier flight. They were no dramas. They got me on an earlier flight. The good people at Virgin. And I flew down. I, I went to, got to Melbourne Airport. And there's a, like in Sydney, there's a Mercedes-Benz dealer right at the airport. And so Mercedes had this event had already obviously started like five hours earlier. So all the people on the trip were already halfway through their drive. So the idea was I'd meet them down near Geelong somewhere, 
bugger if I know where anything is in Melbourne, and meet them for lunch and then drive the EQC in the afternoon. So they organised an E-Class Mercedes to be at the dealership in Melbourne that I could drive to meet them for lunch. Awesome. Like, I love uh, European cars. It's very nice to get to drive an E-Class, let alone hopefully jump into the EQC. So I drive the E-Class, about an hour's drive to lunch. We have lunch, and then we get to drive the EQC. I can't actually tell you about the EQC yet. I have to wait until Friday um, for that review and the video. But needless to say, got to drive the EQC, did some video stuff, um, sitting around watching a presentation about their, their dealer network. Very interesting, and I can tell you this. They're, they're selling directly. So car companies, you know, Ford, Holden, whatever, uh, in, a, in, each in, in the country, so Mazda Australia, you know, Holden Australia, they don't own all the cars. They bring the cars in, and then the dealers buy the cars. So the cars that are at the dealerships are owned by the dealers, right? That's the, the, their, their stock. They, they are liable for that stock in terms of finance and, and actually getting rid of it. That's why it's often cheapest to get a car on the last day of the month because an, an extra day means they've got to keep it for an extra month, which means another month's repayments on the, uh, on the stock. So Mercedes is bucking that trend with the EQC. They're having demo vehicles at nine selected dealers, but any purchase made at a dealer or online is direct with Mercedes. So if you walk into an EQC dealer... Um, set one up, work out what the stock is, what you want. You're actually buying it directly from Mercedes-Benz Australia and the dealer is simply getting a commission instead of the dealer owning the car and maybe negotiating with you on price, which their survey, their research says people hate negotiating on price. This means a fixed price for the EQC across the country, no variables, it's, it's always going to be the same price, um, and a direct relationship. It's a very, very interesting model and it'll be interesting to see how it works because if the dealers don't like it, it won't roll out across other cars. Anyway, so we're listening to this presentation and I'm starting to get text messages from Virgin Australia. Your flight's been delayed. I'm on a 9.20 flight or something like that. Your flight's now at 9.30. Five minutes later, your flight's now at 9.50. Five minutes later, your flight's now at 9, at 10.20. So I pack up my stuff and say, guys, i got to go. I'm worried about the flights. So I'm in the car on the way to from Geelong, Torquay, to Melbourne Airport. It's about a hour and a half drive, um, and I've got Apple CarPlay running in the E-Series because I'm driving the, the E-Series again, just back to the dealer at Melbourne Airport, and Siri's reading all my messages. Um, great stuff. Get another message. Um, unfortunately, you've been, your flight's been cancelled. You've been rebooked on another flight. So I ring Virgin, and another flight is tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock. I said, oh, listen, guys, that's great, but I'm on my way to the airport now, so can you get me on an earlier flight? So, sorry, there's no seats. I went, what do you mean? Like, there is no seats. There is not a single seat available. I'm in panic mode now because I've got the Today Show in 12 hours, 13 hours. It's it's about 6.30 at night now. I'm in the car and um, I'm meant to be on air at, at 7.45 the next morning. So I ring um, the awesome people at Mercedes and say, this is a bit of a drama. Can you ring the travel agent? Um, and they're on the phone of the travel agent for 25, 30 minutes on hold and it's clear that Everyone's in the same problem. There's not going to be any seats. The airlines are all booked out and changing and cancelling flights. So I, re I said to Mercedes, listen, I'm in the car. I'm dropping the car off in Sydney. <laughs> so I just kept driving. I passed the turn off at Tullamarine. I just kept going. I followed the signs for the Hume Highway. It was a 908-kilometre drive at the point where I chose to set the, set the nav for Sydney. So before that, it was probably another 40 or 50 k's or something. I don't know. Anyway, I've, ne I've I might have driven it once in my life, but I don't remember driving that road. It's 
epic to get on. You get onto the um, the, the Hume Highway when you're kind of getting to the edge of um, edge of Melbourne, and you start to look at your because I had ways set up for um, uh, navigation, and there was this moment on ways where uh, you know the next turn was 806 kilometres away. So just as you get to out to the outskirts like Camberfield, Layla of um, of Melbourne. You're on the freeway. It's 806 kilometres to the next turn. So, like, it's just it's just a little bit overwhelming. Um, I, I think they it was like an eight-hour drive from that point. So scheduled to arrive about 4 a.m. I needed to get home at kind of 6 so I could have a shower and, and get to, get into Channel 9. But I, I knew I had two hours buffer. And I also knew that I hadn't slept much of the night before, because it was the Abu Dhabi Formula 1 Grand Prix. So what I did, I, I pretty much just stopped at every major stopping availability, Euroa, Gundagai, Melbourne, everywhere, um, and just had power naps. I had 15-minute power naps, and whenever I had any sense of, of not having concentration on the road, I, I just pulled over, um, got through beautifully and made it home, in fact, with like 45 minutes to spare. and had a little kip uh, before, before that. It was, frankly, a stupid thing to do, but I quite enjoyed it because... Uh, a couple of things. Firstly, the Mercedes-Benz, you know, people rabbit on about the Tesla autopilot. The Mercedes-Benz cruise control uh, and, you know, advanced lane keep assist and all those things that they might call it is epic. Like, the lane keep assist is fantastic. Same as the Tesla, you just got to keep your hands on the wheel. Um, and if you need to merge change lanes, you just put touch the indicator and it does it for you when there's a gap. Like, it's highly advanced. The interior, the dashboard of this E-Class is just... Utterly beautiful. The ride and handling, obviously sensational. Um, and I, I, I quite quite liked it. I quite enjoyed it. You don't often get to put that many Ks on a car, but it did remind me of that trip from uh, Brisbane to Adelaide in the Tesla with the Stig and the Bowen. And I've had a look at a couple of things. There's um, the Charge Fox charging network is getting quite extensive now in Australia. So I'm going to talk to them about when that kind of switches on enough that we can drive, at the very least from Brisbane to Melbourne, if not... Um, well, we might start it off with just Sydney to Melbourne in an electric car other than a Tesla because uh, that will be fantastic. And it'll be very interesting to maybe do it up against a petrol car because people often go on about the, you know, uh, splash and dash with a fill. But even when, I think, under under duress, you, you, you stop for as short a time as possible. But a normal drive, you know, you, you stop two hours every two hours, you're sitting for a coffee, you're getting a drink, you're walking around, you're going to the bathroom. In those times, I've got no doubt it'll be quicker to drive a petrol car, but I don't think it'll be inconvenient to drive an electric car. So that will be interesting to do in the time ahead. So it was a very interesting start to the week. Um, uh, excuse my indulgence running through that, but I had a lot of messages from people um, uh, you know, reaching out to say, enjoy the drive and hope it goes all right and whatnot on, on Instagram. So I thought I'd share that one with you. And um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> it was a bit stupid. Okay, I don't think I'd do it again. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Now, real quick before I go to the uh, Julian Ogren interview, KO Sports CEO, uh, I just published an article um, a bit of a day late because of all that drama in Melbourne. I kind of lost a couple of days' work. But um, uh, Aldi Special Buy. Now, you know I love my Aldi Special Buys. Their TVs are awesome. There's a lot of cool, cool buys there. Uh, about Six months ago, I had an electric bike here at the office. It was $2,000 from a company called Lifecycle. They're selling them at JB Hi-Fi. 2000 bucks for an electric bike is brilliant. But the Aldi special buy on December the 14th, so two weeks away, 
is a $999 urban commute electric bike. So an e-bike. Now, an e-bike is not a scooter. It's not a motorbike. It is a pedal bike with electric assistance. Uh, $999. This is not a stylish-looking bike. This is not a mountain bike. It's not a lycra-wearing, you know, sports bike. It's just a bloody bike. And, you know, I like it for that. I really do. There's two two variants, a standard frame and a step-through frame, kind of a ladies' bike, if you like. Um, and it's got a, a bike rack on the back with a luggage straps. So you, I, I put this, check out the photo at EFGM.com. I put a, a JBL party speaker on the back and strapped it on there. It worked fine. Um, has a 50-kilometre range, essentially, on the battery. It'll get up to 25 k's an hour. Um, it pedals beautifully. Um, the electric assistance does everything you need in terms of basically cancelling out the hills. And I can imagine people who either walk or drive to their local train station looking at something like this as their morning commute. Ride to the train station, lock up the bike. If you want to, you can take the battery with you. It locks, but you can unlock it and take the battery with you and charge it at work uh, or just leave it on there and lock it. But it's just like it's a local commute bike. It's a, it's a run to the shops for milk bike. You could easily put a, a bottle of milk strapped on the back of this. You could put your shopping on the back of this and strap it down with the three three straps. Only, only a bag or two, not many. Um, but I thought it was excellent. I really did. And I think at 999, it is a complete um, changing of the guard in terms of where we're at with um, uh, with electric bikes. Um, for Aldi to be selling them. So now I don't know how many they've got but I can't imagine there'll be five in each store. So for 999, I can imagine them being something you actually have to queue for. So, um, yeah, if you want one, you uh, you better keep your eye out and, and get up early and queue up. But uh, have a look at the photos at EFTM.com. A very interesting new special buy from the people at Aldi. Now, for those long-term listeners or those who've looked at the archive, um, I had a uh, one-on-one chat with Julian Ogren a year ago uh, we call it an in the man cave. I'm not calling this one in the man cave because it's just really catch up. And, you know, I get these opportunities now and then. So maybe, just maybe, it's worth putting these kind of chats into the podcast. We'll, we'll think about that as we reassess the content plan for 2020. Um, maybe we should throw interviews in. I don't know. Your call. Let us know. Um, but it's a fascinating thing because Julian was the head of a telco at Amazing, uh, and then disappeared and came back on the radar here at KO. Now, Back then, I was kind of blown away that KO even existed because why would Fox Sports allow a, a competitor like KO even to be under the same roof? Very weird. But they've had great success. So I took the time on their first anniversary to sit down in the offices of KO with the CEO, uh, Julian Ogren, and, uh, and we had a bit of a, bit of a chat about uh, all things happening in the world of streaming. <laughs> This is EFTM, everything for the man. Julian, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Um, Thanks, happy birthday, KO. Thank you very much. Did it's you been expect exciting. one year, like we, we talked uh, literally a year ago, did you expect one year on to have 400,000 paying subscribers a year in? Look, we, um, I, I think the answer is, um, you know, we, we expected people to love KO. Yeah. Um, and I think really what we... What we've set out to do from day one is to make sure that we just focus in on the user experience. Yeah. Um, so everything we have been working on has been looking at every single part of the customer journey from signing up through to how they watch the vision, setting up their personal profiles, yeah. um, right through to um, how they manage their accounts. And each one of those touch points, um, we have been optimizing and perfecting and you know, and continually improving mm. and, and really just getting customers to fall in love with the, with the product. 
and then from there just you know let it let it take care of itself. When we talked uh, last year, you'd, you'd had like I don't know three weeks of kind of beta trials under the under the radar, and I remember you saying something like there'd been a hundred iterations of the product in just those couple of weeks. In a year, there's been several hundred more. Is that is that part of the secret? Is just continuing to tweak and evolve the product? Absolutely, yeah. And I think when we beta launched, we did say that we were listening to customers on a feedback loop, and mm. we were iterating the product on the same day. Um, now that we get to the end of in, in our first year, you know, we've had between 400 and 500 product releases. Mm. Um, you know, in in a 12-month process, and um, that is about continually optimizing. I think a really good example is we've integrated our products with a number of devices, whether it be iOS, Android, um, our web browser, and um, you know, and with all of these type of devices, you don't just set it up and integrate and move forward. Yeah. It's the continual optimization and working with our partners like Apple to make sure that we are integrating those devices and our, you know, and our service with it to make sure that we can always get those you know, 1% improvements. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we have to do day in, day out. Based on customer feedback, you obviously see where people want KO, you know, people wising on where, where can I get it here and how can I get it there. I noticed in the one year kind of mail out to, to members, you're talking about coming to Samsung TVs. That, that's, a, that's a big deal because Samsung have such market penetration, they have a great smart yep. TV. Do do you is that literally you know feedback based or is that just just another platform? Absolutely, like we um, we hear our customers on social every day. It was it was interesting. We um, you know we heard the feedback from them when we launched around Chromecast. Yep. Uh, and then we had to you know we provided earlier versions of Chromecast to make sure we supported that. And they say thank you very much. And then what's next? When's when's Android TV <laughs> coming? And then we worked on Android TV and that came out and then it was when Samsung coming, you know. Yeah. So we are listening to customers all the time and in all of our product releases that we talked about is about making sure we keep that feedback loop uh, moving forward. And Samsung's a great example. And so, you know, as you said, they have a lot of TVs, mm. um, you know, TV market share in, the, in, in Australia. Yep. Um, I think the recent integration with... Um, uh, with Apple, with AirPlay now on the on the TV, yeah. I think it's going to provide some really great opportunities to instantly cast yeah. your iPhone straight onto the Samsung TV, which is it, exciting. It is. Um, it's quite remarkable how much the market has changed in just a year. Um, you know, you've now got Disney Plus, you've got mm-hmm. Apple TV. There's a, I guess there's a there's a battle for that money though, isn't there? there it's uh, it's a. Not everyone has deep pockets, so people are, you know, deciding what to do with their coin every month, yep. and you're in an even more competitive space. Does it not directly affect you because you're so niche in terms of sport, and everyone else is dealing with, you know, entertainment and whatnot? I think it starts with. I think the, the competition starts that we're all competing for a share of the wallet. Yeah. So you know, we have to be, all be mindful of the fact that, you know, Australians only have so much money they can spend on entertainment, and they, yep. you know, they they know how much money their budget is. I think where we where we have that advantage is that we have the, the sports category. And by actually providing that convenience product of over 50 sports under one subscription service for $25, that really, that, that gives a customer a peace of mind that they can have one budgeted item and cover all their sport needs. And then they look at the rest of their wallet for other entertainment services. And I guess the, the challenge for, for you is holding customers. So what have you seen? It's been a year, so we've had seasons. You know, mm-hmm. you've had your AFL season, you've had your NRL season, we started off with A-League and stuff. I mean, I'm coming up to the last Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, what am I going to, what do I need KO for for the next three months? You know, Formula One comes back in March. Yeah. 
is is that a is it a it's not really a concern because you expect seasonal usage, don't you? So we are. Um, I mean, everything about the stream motion platform that we're building here. I mean, a big component of that is the is being data driven, and we've got some fantastic data capabilities and data architecture yeah. where our whole business is based on understanding a one-to-one behavior of, of, of our fans yeah. and, and customers. So if you look at the last 12 months, we had a, you know, we came in with cricket, yep. um, but very soon after we had the winter code launch. So you had AFL and NRL and su- um, Super Rugby, yep. Formula One, they all kicked off. And then you get these long season fans that come in yep. for about eight, you know, that have eight months of of, of sport that you can kind of guarantee to. that if you're signing up early in the NRL and you stick around for a month and a half, they're going to be there for eight months that's at your, the very least. That's your foundation. And then within that, we had a cricket World Cup that sits over the top of that. Then you had a rugby world, and before that, we had a FIBA basketball World yep. Cup. Uh, and then that sort of transpired into the rugby World Cup. So what we saw was a lot of crossover um, between these fans. They come in for one game, but they're actually watching up to seven sports. Sure. And that's the average um, you know, number of sports that our, fan, uh, that our customers are looking for. But I guess from a business perspective, <clears throat> you don't yet, like Foxtel can look at 10, yep. 20 years of churn numbers, you know, yep. how people churn and when they come and when they go. You don't have that info yet. This is brand new. So you've got to look at, you know, end of NRL season, loss of audience potentially, hoping that they all pick up again, it's not. It's going to be six months before you know how easily and how quickly you get yeah. those people and, and how and, to get those and, people. And we're learning really fast. You're right. We have one year of data. Yeah. Um, and every year that's going to get stronger and stronger. Um, but with that data that we've got, we can see, you know, which customers are engaging with other sports and then we can target that communication. So yeah. I think we've, we've, come out, we've come out of um, the Rugby World Cup um, finish and we're now into cricket. Yeah. So we can we can actually start to target and reactivate customers that were probably cricket fans back in last summer yeah. that were there for the, the Cricket World Cup yeah. and they'll come back in for the summer of cricket. But we've also got fans who are football fans or motorsport fans who are also cricket fans and then you've got to talk to them as well. Yeah. And then you've got the new customers coming in over the top. Yeah. So it's a constant, um, you know, when we think of customers and how we manage it, it is about we're a young company and we're growing new audiences, but at the same time, it's about managing the customers you've got. I mean, some of the stats that you put out on, on the anniversary were pretty unbelievable. Um, I'm trying to work out what was on September the 7th when there was 29 concurrent streams. So that... That was just before the that, World uh, the Rugby World like Cup. That's like having 29 TV channels so in we, old school speak, yeah? Yeah, you know, we had... That was the height of the, uh, the football final season. Right. So you had... Um, you AFL, had back-to-back NRL AFL, NRL yeah. finals at the time. There was a... Um, there was the rugby uh, warm-up matches. Right. So the week before the Rugby World Cup, the warm-up matches actually was getting, getting people, people excited in, yeah, and yeah. involved in it. I think we had, um, at the same time, we had, um, uh, you had the supercars. There was a supercars yeah, race there. Yeah. And you had the beginning of the endurance series of supercars. You know, we saw by the time we came to Bathurst, um, you know, the, the, motors, the motorsport fans came in droves and really yeah, engaged yeah. on because the long-term We, we were talking off-air off before we recorded, you know, Bathurst is a great example of uh, it's you know it's such a ritual. Um, it's a huge fan base, and I would argue there's a lot of people there who'd love to watch every supercars race, but don't have the money for for the subscription um, pay TV style model. This is new to them, and this is something that you can literally tease them with and get them interested in. So there is still huge market potential in Australia in a lot of sports, because if you just take motorsport like that, then the same applies to all 50 sports, doesn't it? So we had. Um I think uh, supercars is a great example in Bathurst. When you have someone that's been watching it 
on a linear TV for mm. 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've had one experience with KO. Uh, an example of Bathurst was you could watch Ford Cam, Holden Cam, Loved it. Heli Cam. Yep. Uh, we had the, um, you know, we had the, the stats board and then you have the race cam. Uh, so, you know, the fact that we have multi-screens, you know, we have yeah, yeah. up to four screens available on, on you know, on your device. Um, and to get all those cams available to you, for a motorsport fan, that's just gold. And it is quite radical to think about that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. 20 years ago, you'd, you'd sit and you'd watch what the broadcaster gave you. I was yeah. at the mountain. And the funny thing about being at the mountain is a lot of the time you actually refer to the TV anyway, weird yeah. as that is. Um, now, to be clear, I was in corporate hospitality, so we were on the pits. It was great. But I was watching the TV. But I was frustrated that the TV had chosen to follow a, a particular battle. So I just went to you know Holden Cam on KO and we had that, like there was four of us standing around watching my iPad while we're at the mountain, live racing. Exactly. It's, it's quite a radical change to the way we just think about sport. Well, it's taking your vision with you to the game. Yeah. So, you know, that, I think Bathurst is a great example where you know, you're sitting on the mountain yeah. watching your KO. You can see everything going on in addition to the car that just drives past you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic experience. What worked for you most in the last year in terms of getting customers? I mean, we talked again, this time last year you were doing thousands of uh, individual style uh, marketing activations yeah. on billboards and things because you were targeting so well. You're talking about radio, obviously digital. Well, what, what worked best? Was it, was it just a launch of a new sport and the influx of their fans? Or was there something that really resonated with Aussies in terms of getting them on board KO? Yeah, look, we, we, we started off with what we needed to do was sort of build awareness fast. Yep. Um, you know, we've been told by our agency partners we've probably built some of the, the fastest brand awareness, awareness uh, in, in, in a 12-month launch pad uh, in, in the first year of um, in the operation. Yep. So that was a nice, healthy start. Um, what we then do is it, it's really important to make sure you're building consideration of the product. So you're getting people to go, okay, I hear about KO and you know, I need to try that out. You want to get people's word of mouth driving. That's where our customer experience and all the stuff we talked about earlier about making it an amazing service mm. is for you to say to a friend, you've got to try KO. And then, what, then the decision point comes down to the game or the event. And then you've really got to hone in all your communication to the lead up to whatever that big tentpole event's coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And then they all come in. So I feel like, the, and there's been talk, and this is kind of getting off sport, but there's been talk about how your platform, because you talk about stream motion being a yeah. platform you're building from yeah. scratch. And there's talk about you know a, a new drama service with Foxtel that will be kind of based around this same platform. Is that something that'll run out of this business or is that just you providing your platform to, to that new business? Yeah, look, we've, um, so what we've got here is, um, you know, the, the, the KO, well, the KO platform being the stream motion platform yeah. is designed with all the services that I mentioned from, you know, building awareness to acquiring customers to the sign-up journey to right. the vision through to managing your account. So that's managed, that's managed here under, under KO or the stream yeah. motion team. Um, and yes, we will bring we will bring a new vertical um, into into entertainment, and that will be that will be run through the stream motion team. Yeah, and, and so you'll be part of that. You, you as CEO here now, will be part of that, that that new business as well because you built a platform. Why, why would they build it all over again, right? So my my, my question, and it's kind of interesting. You read like News Limited's um, annual reports. And I don't read a lot of annual reports. Let's be clear, but you know, f uh, overall, you know, subscriber numbers in Australia are massively up, and that's great for them, but the, the, the number of online subscribers, whether it's Fox on Owl or KO in your case, is so big that it's, it's going to affect that average user revenue. 
how 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 does the business account for that? Do you do you just uh, your your job is to grow your business and you don't have to worry about it because you're you're pushing. Well, I think you know, I think you've you you've you know you've probably spoken to and heard Patrick Delaney say it yeah. many times, which is you know this is a this is a, a transformation strategy that yeah. Patrick's running. Um, Foxtel does a very good job at managing thirty percent of Australian households. Yeah. Now in that time, the streaming revolutions come into play. Customers are used to streaming now. Yep. So the other 70% of households will now consider streaming as first as their first choice. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're working in a coordinated effort to, you know, all of, it's all about strengthening the quality of the um, of the, the Foxtel product. And you've yep. seen a lot of product releases yeah, and upgrades. Um, and that's really about just making the existing Foxtel customers very happy with their service. And then what we do is we go out for the next 70%. Can we talk about the 27,000 people who watched a hot dog eating competition? I mean, how does that happen? I mean, that's, I'm, so, I'm worried about your analytics. I'm worried about your personalised recommendations and how that's happening. I mean, that's but what, sport, what sport do you have to choose that you like that you get recommended a hot dog eating competition? So that's the, I mean, that's the beauty of KO. I mean, you, you, you might come in for AFL, yeah. uh, but sometimes you just need to be entertained as much as if you're on an, in a, on an entertainment service, yeah. you know? Um, but those novelty sports like uh, hot dog eating competitions, there's the axe throwing, which was you know, which which got a lot of viewing as yeah. well. Um, they just get a lot of engagement, and people just you know I think the one thing about sport is it's not just about fanatics. There is an entertainment element to sport yeah, yeah. as well. Absolutely. What um, we talked last year about whether or not Kaya would be involved in rights. And those kind of things, and, and very clearly, that's that's for the group to, to determine. You don't need to buy rights, but there's there's clearly success in individual content. You know, the ESPN 30, 30 for 30s, the hot dog eating, like individual pieces of content. So, where are you at, and what's your plan for the next twelve months in terms of producing content? It doesn't have to be new sports yeah. rights; it's just producing content. Because yeah. again, I look at it and go for the supercars fans. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm only talking about motor race because it's my thing. But, but the same would apply for netball or whoever it is. But how do you, is there is there a way that you create content to keep those people mm. subscribed for a whole twelve months? Yeah, look, I, I think in terms of the, in terms of the rights strategy, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not for me to talk about the rights strategy because that's very yeah. much working with, um, you know, with Patrick and the team to, to focus on that. Ko is about you'll take what they get, we and take get, it, and we and, and we package it, more and we sell it. it. Exactly. But bottom line, you can use more of it than they can anyway. But what you've seen is that we've got an in-house editorial team. Where we take the we take the live feed of a game, and within ten minutes we release KO minis, mm. and we've seen, you know, well how many how many minis do we have? It was like a, a, a thousand minis that's yeah. been produced in twelve months, and those minis have been produced within fifteen minutes after a game, yeah. and you know to get upwards of fifty thousand people viewing a mini after a cricket World Cup match mm. shows you it's becoming a that's becoming a product in its own right. Yeah. And so what we do is, we've just got to, the, the difference between linear TV and, and, and video on demand is we can take all, those, all that content that, that, that Foxtel has mm. and we can surface it to the top of the carousel yeah. so every content gets to be a hero, yeah. whether it be for a day or a week or ongoing. Is there any pressure that that, that sense? Because you know, again, race view or what are the multiple cameras at cricket or whatever, um, that that Ko is actually in, in a sense a better product in some ways for a sports subscriber. It's it must be a bit of a tug of war in terms of making sure that you're not pulling customers. But I think, and I'm assuming, the still advantage of of the uh, broadcast platform is is resolution 4K. 
Yeah. I'm stupid. I've got Foxtel 4K at home. I'm paying 4K just so I can have the 4K channel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost lunacy, but I've got to be honest, it looks amazing, but I need KO when I'm on the go and when I want those multiple camera angles. It is a weird balance in the marketplace. Yeah, look, I think we're just, as it, come, it comes back to that 70-30. Yeah. You know, the 30% that, that have and love Foxtel, they love the big, cream, the big screen experience, sitting back on the couch and what they've been doing for, you know, for many years. Maybe it's 71, 30, and you, you, you're getting 1% one, <laughs> 1 of, their, of theirs as well that well, are double subscribing we've because seen, they want that extra We've value. seen households with teenagers where, yeah. you know, I think I've experienced this in my household. My, my daughter doesn't like sitting on the couch with me and watching TV, so she'll be on the uh, <laughs> iPad in the, in the bedroom. But, yeah. you know, you can have a KO Foxtel relationship in the same household. Yeah. What's uh, 12 months from now, what does success look like? Look, for us, it's really... You know, we've got one year under our belt. I think you know, we won the best user experience in the world last yeah. week, which that's, was a that's real a very milestone. big deal when you think about the global sports market. And pity little Australia here turns out the best product. It's exactly right. But but that comes back to our our our, our focus on the on the customer experience. And what we need to do next year is just to continue that that focus as a priority. Um, take the learnings of one year of. Of experience, so we've now gone through a full cycle of calendar. Yep. As you mentioned, we've got data now that we can now understand our customers and behaviours. We take that data with the next calendar, and we we move forward. Um, you know, as 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 all startups, you take your first learnings and, mm. and then make it better in the second year. And twenty five dollars is the is the number for for a year to come. It's great value. Yeah. You know, well, I think it's not necessarily about the price; it is about the value. And you think about live sport compared to an entertainment service, which is essentially just a video-on-demand library. Yeah. Um, you know, what we are doing, which is unprecedented, we, you know, on, on, a, on a peak weekend, we can do 700 hours of live sport, yeah. which is 300 live games on a weekend in parallel. So that's a complex, um, that's, a, that's an amazing collection of live, or live entertainment you, yeah. can, you can bring to a consumer for $25. It's great yeah. value. It's been uh, not even a roller coaster. It's just been a you've just been on the upward slant of the of the ride. It's been a massive year. Some great numbers, um, an unbelievable success, really. I mean, you must be proud of the team. The team must it must actually be great for a team because obviously workplace culture is a challenging thing in the best of times. But you've had subscriber growth. You've won awards. Things are working. Don't feel like there's been a blip yet in the radar. So we had. Um you know, it's quite interesting. It's an ama I mean, look, there is amazing dev engineering talent in Australia. Yeah. Um, and when we launched, and our vision for, for KO and then for the Stream Motion platform was to, to build, you know, one of the world's best streaming platforms, mm. uh, you know, exclusively here in Australia. Um, we were fortunate enough to sell that vision and get some real top quality talent in here. Mm. Uh, and now what we see 12 months on is, you know, it's a small industry, so there's only a few places these yeah. dev engineers want to work, and you know, fortunately, we're now one of those people that places that people want to come to work, which is very exciting. That's a good thing. People yeah. want to work here, and people want to subscribe to the service. You're, you're winning there in you both go. counts. <laughs> well, congratulations on the year, and thanks for the chat. Thank you very much, Trevor. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Well, look, it's a bit lonely in the office. I won't lie. So feel free to keep in touch, people. Jump into the man cave. I'm trying to get in there as often as I can on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Look for the groups uh, and look for the man cave. Big red Ferrari with an EFTM number plate is the logo if you're looking for it. Uh, easy to find. Just ask questions of the fellow man cavers there. It's a great little community of, uh, of, 
of listeners and readers and uh, and fans who just chatting to each other. I love it. it. It gives me great confidence in the in the community that we're, we're building, and uh, and I love seeing the conversations go on even without me being in there. So join that up, and if you're on Twitter, hit me up at Trevor Long at EFTM. Um, I'll be back. I'll, I'll come back before Christmas at the very least with some form of show or chat or conversation. Maybe I'll rope John Boy into coming back in for for uh, for a chat. He's been coming to the office a bit, so why not? Um, but let me know what you think, and I look forward to getting through the Christmas break um, with you and uh, getting ready for CES. It's going to be massive. But uh, most importantly, thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and we'll talk to you again real soon. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast.